Suing Governor Pritzker to reopen Illinois businesses, attorney Tom DeVore explains the cases. I'm Lawrence Coletti, and this is Legal Talk Today. Hello, Tom. How are you doing in Illinois? I'm well, sir. Thank you. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. Thanks for joining me on the show today. So we'll get right to it because we've got 10 minutes. I know we've got quite a bit of ground to cover. So in response to the COVID-19 coronavirus crisis, Governor Pritzker proclaimed a pandemic disaster on March 9th, which is important for our discussion, and then issued a series of executive orders to help curtail the spread of the disease. And so within this series of executive orders, which have been extended, the governor's office, among many things, limited the size of public gatherings, suspended enforcement of certain laws, closed schools, closed non-essential businesses, and ordered residents to stay at home. And so as these executive orders have been extended, citizens in Illinois have been pushing back because their businesses are uh, under immense strain right now, not being able to provide goods and services to their communities. And so they've approached you to help them out to push back against some of these governor executive orders. So Tom, just to kind of open things up to provide a little context, how did all this start? Who first approached you for pushing back against Governor Pritzker's executive orders? Well, after April 1st, when the extension happened from the first proclamation of disaster, I don't think it was any secret that I was uh, not satisfied with those results, and I was interested in pursuing that through the courts. I would say that in some fashion, God brought Darren Bailey and I together. Mr. Bailey is a representative in Illinois, where he was looking to try to accomplish some relief for the citizens, and him and me met, and I had the legal knowledge, and he had the desire, and it kind of started from there. And as I understand it, it snowballed. And so many more people started approaching you with uh, similar matters. And so how many other similar cases do you have just like this one? There's a total of six separate lawsuits pending, which fundamentally cover the same issues. But beyond that, I've got several hundred clients who I've been working with to get their businesses open successfully within the confines of the Department of Health Act. So there's no litigation with most of those except for the six, but a couple hundred, two to three hundred clients that I've been working with. So some of it by administrative, some of it through the court system, but uh, what kind of damages have your clients been suffering or been coming to you with? Well, those cases are not yet pending, but they could eventually in the future under a civil rights claim. But most of my clients that call me business clients, they're absolutely, their financial security has been shattered, some to the point they'll never recover. A lot of them are getting to that point as you and I speak. So their businesses being closed has had untold catastrophes on a lot of these businesses. Again, they'll never recover in their lifetime. And getting to the legal part of it, as I understand it, I'm not an Illinois attorney, so I had to look a little bit of this up. And then I was obviously reading some of the uh, articles by journalists from the uh, Chicago Tribune, I think was one. And then there was CBS Chicago, a few articles here and there. But uh, Governor Pritzker apparently has some broad emergency powers under the Illinois Emergency Management Agency Act. And so, and I think the timeline's important. So Why at this point in the timeline don't those powers allow him to keep businesses and other things closed down during uh, this continuing COVID-19 pandemic? Excellent question. And it fundamentally falls into two reasons. One, the powers that are granted the governor under the Emergency Management Agency Act, there's a 30-day limitation in there. And there's an attorney general's opinion from Attorney General Ryan that said anything beyond that has to be done by the legislature giving additional authority beyond the 30 days. The governor's played a a game of fiction with that, and he creates these 30-day deadlines and these proclamations of disaster for no other reason than to allow him to re-up a proclamation of disaster and re-energize those emergency powers. 
The main issue is, is that if you read the enumerated powers of the Department of Health Act, there's 14 of them. None of them give him the power to close businesses or to restrict its citizens' movements, et cetera. And if you actually look at our Department of Health Act, the legislature delegated that supreme authority to the Department of Health, boards of the Department of Health, not one man. Uh, so that's really the bigger issue. Regardless of the, the time frame, uh, et cetera, there's no power grant in the Emergency Management Agency Act for those two particular things. Are there other powers? Certainly. There's no power to restrict a citizen's movement. There's no power to close a business. If you read our Department of Health Act, it specifically gives that supreme authority, and it's, those are the words of the act, to the, le- the legislature gave that to the Department of Health. And that's really the big issue, that the governor never had that power. One of the things I came to appreciate as I was reading the articles in preparation for our interview today was the separate legal strategies you were deploying with your clients. And so among them, you've had temporary orders, uh, temporary relief uh, pursued through the court system, but also some administrative process redress, which I thought was pretty creative. But the other one is challenging the timeline for issuing these emergency orders. So can you walk us through that? You got into it a little bit, but can you give us a little bit more detail for some of the different strategies that you've put together? Absolutely. And and, and keeping in mind that even in a courtroom, you have people and people are suffering. And so making sure that you present this information to them in a way that they're willing to receive and accept it is always a consideration of a good lawyer. The Department of Public Health actually issued a directive back in April that said if citizens aren't satisfied with these executive orders, they could, you know, there would be relief sought through the Department of Health Act. I'm not sure the good governor realized that the Department of Health did that. To the extent that the Department of Health did it, I agreed with them. And so we started going through the process of putting the Departments of Health in almost 50 counties on notice for clients that we're not a health risk. We don't agree with the executive orders. And if you think that we are a health risk, you need to take us to court and get an order. So of those 150 to 200 businesses I've done that for, there's only been two Departments of Health across the state that have quibbled. Most of the Departments of Health, many of them have come out and said, these businesses aren't a health risk. We're not going to close them down. And so that's been successful. The court cases are a little more complicated. They deal with actually taking on the ultimate power of the governor to never have done this in the first place. Those issues will resolve themselves. And I think they'll resolve themselves consistently with the United States Department of Justice's opinion that they've given in one of my cases, that they agree with my client, that the governor exceeded his authority. But that's going to take time. And while that time is ticking, people's lives are being destroyed. And so we've also utilized the other efforts to get businesses open. I'm proud to say over 150 businesses have been open with our efforts. Well, let's dive into that uh, one really critical case, at least from my research, the Darren Bailey case. And I know that that one's been sort of a football kind of passed around a little bit, but uh, not by us, sir. (laughs) So, well, anyway, I'm not making any commentary uh, one way or the other on that. Understood, sir. Understood. But that one's interesting because uh, the the ultimate resolution of that case may be the ultimate unblocking that uh, could potentially give relief to everybody who's looking to open their business right now. So can you just walk us through briefly what's going on with that one, what's happened, and then just kind of uh, what you're pursuing in regards to uh, Darren Bailey's case. Sure. So Mr. Bailey's case, again, started all of this on April 23rd. It was filed narrowly on purpose by my strategy with my client because we didn't want to overwhelm the good people of this state with trying to unlock everything on the first day because that would not have been healthy for our citizens. So the case, eventually, we were successful in getting the temporary restraining order in his favor and, you know, saying that the executive order was beyond the authority of the governor. They took that up on an appeal immediately to the Fifth Appellate District, then tried to get our Supreme Court involved. 
in the meantime, I gathered a lot of additional information that we believed adequately presented the whole issue to the court, uh, which will also allow them to grant relief to all citizens and businesses of the state. So we voluntarily agreed to dissolve the temporary restraining order to bring it back to the state court. The governor wasn't satisfied with that. He still tried to get our Supreme Court to hear the case, and they said no. So once it got back to the state court, we filed a motion for summary judgment, had that set for hearing, and the day before that hearing was set to be heard, the governor's attorneys tried to remove or did remove the case to federal court, trying to say we're arguing federal constitutional issues, which we are not. That's when the uh, United States Department of Justice, Attorney General Barr and, and his uh, attorneys intervened on behalf of the United States and said, no, this is not a federal issue. This is an issue for the state. And by the way, we happen to agree with Mr. Bailey's positions is that the governor exceeded his authority. And now we're going to be about the middle of June before our federal court makes a decision, to, which we hope will be to remand that case back to the state court to get the relief for the citizens that they need. Gotcha. All right. Well, that's fascinating. I, I, I thought that was a really interesting uh, series of events there. So, Tom, thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. But thank you so much for joining us. You know, and if our listeners, they have questions or maybe they need a little help, how can they find you? DeVore Law Office, 1776 at gmail.com. All right. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us in your favorite podcasting app. Also, we've cited our sources for this episode on our website, legaltalknetwork.com. This has been Legal Talk Today. I'm Lawrence Coletti. Stay strong, everybody. (laughs) 